Hi, Rachel. How are you today? Oh, I forgot to do it. Welcome. <laughs> Welcome to the podcast TV with my mom, the podcast where me and my mom talk about TV. Yes, we do. Hi, mom. Hi, Rachel. How are you today? <laughs> you putting that at the top because usually I say, how are you? And then you say. And I, forget. And uh, I forget. I'm doing okay. It's Monday. It is Monday. Usually we record on a Sunday, but today, this week, we decided let's record on Monday so we can watch the season finale of Game of Thrones and talk about it. Get into a deep dive. Oh, we're diving deep. This season and the, the whole show in general, I think. Okay. Um, so from the top, if you haven't watched the final season or if for some reason you haven't watched any of it and you don't want any spoilers because you want to get caught up or whatever. Don't listen. Yeah, just, you know, find something else to listen Fast to. Fast forward to the end. Yeah, okay. <laughs> <laughs> so before we get into that, though. Oh, it's that, wait. What? How, how are you? <laughs> you forgot to ask me. You asked me first and I forget to ask you. You asked me. Uh... That's okay. I'm fine. Thank you. Yeah. How was your day? Um, it was okay. You know. How you... was your weekend? Weekend was, uh, was okay. Had to work Saturday. Sunday, I was a woman of, you know, working. I was, I cleaned my house. Oh, <laughs> great. Cleaned my house, moved some crap around, got some stuff done. You know. I had a long weekend. My you, weekend was exhausting. Yeah, you had a, you had a rough weekend. Um, but anyway. It's that time of the podcast that all you people are anticipating. What's that? TV news. <laughs> First of all, several deaths in the pop culture community this week, past week. Mm. Uh, Tim Conway. Tim Conway. Of the Carol Net Show. Mm-hmm. Sadly passed away. He was like 90-something, I think. <laughs> I don't think so. He wasn't? I think he was in his 80s. Oh. But okay. I'll look it up. Tim Conway died at 85. 85. Uh, a very, very funny comedian. I mean, if you have a chance to go back and just look at some of the Carol Burnett show, mm-hmm. I mean, it was like a, you know, an hour of weird comedy. Right. Um, he was pretty funny. He did a lot of funny bits with Harvey Corman and Carol Burnett. I mean, their whole little group of thing. It was, it was, you know, it was, he was a funny guy. I liked him. The other person to pass away at the age of 72, uh, sadly, is actress Peggy Lipton of the Mod Squad. I loved the Mod Squad! (laughs) I loved it! Yeah, it was one of your favorite shows. Mod Squad was on TV from 1968 to 1973. She also played Norma Jennings on Twin Peaks. Yes. Twin Peaks. Uh, And she was also married to Quincy Jones. And also was the mother of Rashida Jones. Yep. Who... uh, was from the office and Parks and Recreation. Yep. People uh, need that connection. Yep. I mean, that was a fun show to watch. Yeah. I really had a crush on uh, one of the guys. I can't remember his name. <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. But um, she was always very um, fashionably dressed. Kind of reminded me of Twiggy. Oh, yeah. Very mod in the mod squad. Of the mod squad. <laughs> yes. Um, the last actress who passed away... This past week, or at least the ones that I heard about, was actress Doris Day. Doris Day, K. Sarah Sarah. She was she, 97. She had the Doris Day show. Oh, did she? Yes. I didn't know. Tell me about the Doris Day show. She'd have guests on. Oh, like a talk show? Yeah, it was like I a see. talk show. Um, she had a hot and heavy romance with Burt Reynolds. Did she? Oh, yeah. Older woman. Uh, yes. Yeah, I think I remember this when we talked about 
Burt Reynolds. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so anyway, uh, 97 years old, lasted, uh, was the oldest of those those three people we just talked about. Mm-hmm. So good for her. Animal lover. Oh, yeah. Singer. Kesarasara. In happier news, uh, <laughs> did you know that Scarlett Johansson and Colin Jost were dating and they just got engaged? Getting, you didn't know this? They just got engaged, like yesterday. I know, but you didn't know that they were dating? No. Oh my God. I've known forever. Apparently for two years, Scarlett Jost from Saturday Night Live had no idea he was dating Scarlett Johansson. There's uh, a bit, I think he's they're being interviewed by Jimmy Fallon. Oh. And they talk about it and it's pretty funny. Oh. They, I think Jimmy Fallon asks Michael Che. Yeah. Uh, if he feels like a third wheel. <laughs> <laughs> and it's pretty funny. Fair enough. Um, and then the last bit of TV news is that Mom and I watched a trailer this weekend for the new Nancy Drew oh, show boy. that's coming out to the CW from the same people that made Riverdale. God help us all. Oh, boy. It looks... I mean, like, I gotta watch it. I love Nancy Drew. I love Nancy Drew, too, but... It's um, probably going to be terrible. Maybe the first season we're going to love, and it'll hook us in, and then we'll get to the second season, and you'll be like, why are these babies no, floating? Like, why? We'll be really annoyed. <laughs> it'll be just like how we left Riverdale. Yeah. But anyway, that's my TV news. TV news, sad and good. So we just finished watching the last episode of Game of Thrones. I watched it last night as it premiered, and you watched it just... You know, like 10 minutes ago. Yeah. Finish so, it up. Fresh off the credits rolling. Oh, yeah. (laughs) I want to hear what you thought. About the final show or the final season? Whatever you'd like to share. Um, Well, you know, there's this... I I read stuff online, a lot of stuff. And um, there's a fan petition. Fan petition? Does that sound right? Yeah, that's exactly the right word. There's a fan petition going around asking for the writers of Game of Thrones to rewrite season eight. And then I saw like a funny thing saying the writers are asking the fans to rewrite it themselves or something. <laughs> <laughs> but um, I, I mean, what was the point? You know, I mean, it wasn't, they could have made it so much more cool. Hmm. I just don't feel that there was a lot, a lot of cool factor there. I mean, they, they were, we were dreading the Night King for so long. Hmm. You're like, oh my God, he's wicked. He's horrible. And then, you know. One show, two shows, maybe one. one show, and then he's gone. Yeah. And nothing else about, I mean, maybe they're hoping the fans will be like, oh, you know, let's watch that prequel to see what happened with the Night Queen. Isn't that what's going to be, the prequel's going to be? I'm not, I'm not sure. We can talk oh. about the prequels later, but. Okay. But I, I mean, they could have made the Night King so much cooler, the whole storyline with him. I think they could have brought, I mean, why was he wanting to kill Bran? I mean, mm-hmm. I don't even understand. I don't, why did he want to kill Bran? I mean, <laughs> I mean they're connected somehow? Yeah, I mean, there's some sort of notion that the Night King knows that Bran, as the Three-Eyed Raven, is the thing that's, like, keeping the memory of humankind alive. And so if he can mm-hmm. kill the, the Three-Eyed Raven, then he can kill. And if, you know, he ends up killing all the humans, then there is no one that remembers what it was like before. Oh. And, like, he just wants ultimate death. He's death personified. I guess, but I don't know. Maybe. Yeah. I mean, I think that was a, a problem that a lot of people had with the show because it they, in this last season, because it seemed like the theme of the show was about how petty squabbling for power and the throne was nothing compared to this, like, greater battle against right. what is, like, death personified. And yeah. then it's kind of like they flipped it on a 180 on us and said, actually... That is that the lesser nothing. issue, and the bigger issue is the stuff that goes on 
with Danny on a human level between these people who yeah. are struggling for power uh, between Cersei and Danny and John and uh, Sansa and everybody. Yeah, I mean, I, I mean, what was the point of Jon Snow being brought back to life? Yeah, I mean, that's the I other mean, thing. What there's <clears throat> there's a whole lot of prophecy building that happens with like the Lord of Light. Melisandre, the Red Woman, mm-hmm. and like Beric Dondarrion, the one-eyed guy with the flame sword. Yeah, you know their storylines, even the Hound to a certain extent, are about what is their purpose? What does the Lord of Light want of them? They're fulfilling this prophecy that there's going to be this prince who was promised who's going to take out the Night King or end the Long Night. Is yeah. the idea? So, and what happened with that? Yeah, it's it does seem like it's sort of. Um, unimportant in this last season where it seemed really important and was like the driving force for a lot of characters in previous seasons. Well, yeah. I mean... So I read this thing online. Yes. Um, it's this guy, Daniel Silvermint. Um, I don't even know who he is. <laughs> he's like a fan of the show or if he's like a writer himself. Mm-hmm. But he he kind of went through this... Um, oh, how many? It's a thread. It's a Twitter thread. There's like nine or ten tweets, maybe more than oh, that. Oh, Okay. Basically, he talks about how when you write a story, you can have two ways of doing it. You can write it as if you're um, developing the characters, or you can write it as if you're developing a plot. And mm-hmm. it's you kind of have to choose which method you want to go with. And George R. R. Martin, who wrote these books, has always let the characters drive the story. So like the, the development of the characters led them to make decisions that drove the plot. Okay. And so... Which is what made the show feel so real. Like, this whole time, every time somebody made a decision, it was like, even sometimes when it was shocking, you know, even sometimes when Joffrey makes the choice to cut off Ned's head at the end of the first season, Mm -hmm. and what a shock that was that they were killing off their main character. Right. It made sense for the choices the character was making. The character drove it to get there. Right, right. Um, And so, and it felt so real. And that's what world building is when they do that with the characters. But it's also why George R. R. Martin might never finish these books because he got to the place where his characters were running the story. And even if he knows where he needs the plot to end, like the conclusion to Mm -hmm. get the characters to go all of a sudden to follow a plot instead of following their character arc Uh, is really difficult. And so imagine if you're given that as the writers of a TV show and I was, because I, and it's really like changed my, my framing of the situation because I was like annoyed with the writers. It felt mm-hmm. like kind of a money grab to be doing it in such, in six episodes only. Like they, maybe they just want to get to the, the prequels because they know they can make money on those. And like, right. It was going to be more cost efficient to make fewer episodes. Like I couldn't understand why they were doing it this way. Like why not make so a 10 episode season? they went season? with the characters running the show. Well, I think that they were stuck with that. That's what had been happening. And that's why the show was so great. Like even side characters had these amazing stories. Right. But I think what they ended up doing is making a choice to say, okay, we're going to finish this in six episodes. We need to, we know where the plot needs to end and we need to get there. And so that's why this season I think feels rushed and why uh, a lot of like the characters. The extra little bits weren't resolved. Well, yeah, there's like less resolution, but there's also just like, you feel like it's not in character for the characters to be doing the things they're doing because they have to get to a point in the plot rather than Mm -hmm. develop their characters more. And so, I mean, it's, it's kind of like an impossible situation to be in where all of a sudden you have to do this. And so I'm like less mad at the writers about it um, to a certain extent. And, you know, I kind of just have to accept that this is 
where the show was always going to end up kind of like lost in the same way that lost was very much about like all of these little side quests right. and then like all these mysteries. And it's like all of a sudden we have to resolve the mysteries and how the hell do we do that at this point? Right. But I do still have some critiques about, because I think a lot of the characters suffered because of that, because well, of that switch. I think- and I think a lot of those characters were women. Yeah, I agree. I was just thinking the same thing. So yeah, what do you think about that? Well, I think Sansa ended up with a good bowl of, uh, happiness <laughs> agreed <laughs> because she ended up being queen of the north which she wanted to be all along right and she went through her character went through a lot of shit right and it doesn't feel so much like a power grab for sansa at the end it feels right. like she's saying this is what how i want my home to be well like the north is also a metaphor for her she's like we yeah. have been through too much i have been through too much right. to ever give my power away to anybody else ever again i'm not going to do that again right so and I'm so that's i think that's kind of a metaphor for where she is in this scene and i think that's great yeah i mean she seems like she's a-okay aria you know i i think she's happy i think she's I think she's happy where she's going. Mm-hmm. I mean, I liked it that she killed the Night King. I thought that was cool. I thought that was going to happen anyway. Really? Did you call Arya killing the Night King? I th- think so. Wow. I'm not exactly it sure. It shocked me. I was surprised it was her. No, I thought it was going to be Arya. Wow. Because she's like a death machine. She's a badass. Yeah. I mean, I thought for sure she'd be killing Cersei too. But doing the, the way Cersei and Jamie died together, mm-hmm. I mean, it was nice when the... When, uh, Tyrion. Thank you. Tyrion pulled away the stones and he found them, you know, embraced. That was kind of sad. But But yeah, it made you have emotion for Cersei that you didn't know you were going to have, right? I thought I turned that off. Um, Yes, because when she knew she was dying, I mean, she knew that Jaime was dying because she had, he was like bleeding everywhere. Mm -hmm. But, you know, when he's, he's still, even though he's dying, he's still trying to find a way out for her, even though he knows that she's a, you know a pain in the ass bitch but and then when they die together with the the red castle red whatever the red keep the red keep falling down on him i mean i guess it you know what would it be burned up by a dragon stabbed by Arya. yeah i wasn't i wasn't too disappointed it was okay i mean there were other things that disappointed me though so like those are those are things that you've heard a lot of people complain about but you're like okay with so what's what are the things that you were not okay with oh the night lady the lady knight Oh, Brienne. Night Lady, Lady Night. Whatever. <laughs> I, like, I didn't know if I was like... I, <laughs> I didn't know if it was K-N-I-G-H-T or N-I-G-H-T, and I wasn't sure what you meant. Um, yeah, the Lady Night. Yeah. I didn't like her arc, story arc at all, or her storyline, or... You know what I mean? Yeah. I didn't like how they ended it. It was just like, she's this badass, you know, woman who wants to be treated the same as ever all the other soldiers and she's a knight of her wherever she's from um and then to have her like don't leave me jamie it just made me sick yeah i wanted to slap her like why did they do that knock it off you know and that's part of the thing i'm talking about is like there was like lots of little things that had to happen to get people to different places in the plot and i think Mm -hmm. the writers were like we need to like have this softening of brianne to make jamie leaving more emotional they wanted to make jamie more of an asshole they wanted you to like be more shocked that he was turning his back on brianne and so they made their relationship sexual and i just think it wasn't necessary like they have to happen they had such an important relationship and the scene where he knights her is so amazing because it shows such like a mutual respect yeah and then in the next episode they're like they get drunk and they have drunk sex. sex 
And it's just... Yeah. And But then he's back there again the night he's leaving. Mm-hmm. She's in bed naked. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they clearly are supposed to be like they have a relationship. Yeah. And the idea is that like Jamie and her love each other. And I do think they love each other. But like yeah. I, there's like different kinds of love and it doesn't always have to be like sexual love for it to be poignant for the audience. Right. And I think Jamie abandoning her to go back to Cersei would have been just as powerful without that. Oh, yeah. And we definitely did not need to see Brienne crying in a bathrobe in a courtyard. No. Yeah. I mean, come on. We're yeah. a little bit beyond that. Yeah. I mean, it felt like a, a choice that the writers were making to try and move along Jamie's character arc right. at the sacrifice of Brienne's, to me. I mean, at the end, she is the knight of the... Master of, the, of Arms. Master of Arms, which is, you know, fantastic for her, but... I don't know. I just, yeah. you know. And it's like, here's my thing. With this last episode, I feel like if I could watch it independently without knowing how they got there, mm-hmm. I think it was a great episode. Like, I mm-hmm. think Brienne finishing Jamie's story in the book and writing He Died Saving her right. queen, His Queen, right. I think that was really emotional and powerful. Mm-hmm. And if I hadn't known that she had, like, been abandoned by him crying in the courtyard, that would still feel really powerful based on everything else I know about right. them. Right, right. Like, if I just hadn't had episodes... Four and five, really. I feel like, I feel like I would have been okay they could with have episode done those six. A little bit differently. I didn't know? like. I didn't like that one. At yeah, all. and um, so like the way that they concluded it, I think all of that makes sense. John killing Danny. I'm like that makes sense. You right. know, based on uh, uh, if I could just imagine how the plot got to there without seeing how the writers chose to get it there. Right. I'm I mean, down for it. Throughout the whole story, mm-hmm. like episode one through whatever. Danny is, you know, fighting to free people and mm-hmm. she's and they I think they said it in this last episode with Tyrion, you know, he she freed the slaves and nobody was mad, you know, cuz the slave cuz the people that mm-hmm. had him were bad and she did this and she did that. But that and you're following that like, okay, she's a good she's on she's you know on a quest. Yeah, she's a knight for good. Yeah. And even though she's got dragons and she gets gets a little crazy with them. But when, I mean, I understand the same thing in this, in the, the last episode, John says, you know, they cut off her friend's head right in front of her and they killed two of her dragons. Mm-hmm. And, you know, that's why she was so pissed off. But it was just, why did they have to make her so like, you know, going crazy? Yeah. yeah. I mean, it feels to me like. I feel like that as a plot point makes sense. Danny going mad. Like they kind of have, they've definitely hinted at it, not necessarily through her actions, but like what the, the stuff about the mad king yes. previously. Yeah. But, but it's not always that you, you follow in your father's footsteps. Well, exactly. And I think the point is, is that, that because everything feels so, so compressed in this season, because they're trying to achieve a lot of plot points in mm-hmm. a short amount of time, I think if they had been able over the past like three seasons to kind of seed that a little bit better. And so like, and I read this article with Amelia Clark today from Entertainment Weekly. Entertainment Weekly has been doing this great series with all of the actors after each one has been killed off the show. Oh, cool. They do like an exit interview with them. And um, they did one with Amelia Clark today. And she was saying how when she got the script, she was devastated because like, so much of her has been put into this character and so much of this character has become who she is because it's her entire adult life. Right. And, um, you know, so she was really destroyed by the idea that she was going to go mad. And um, she was talking about how back in season seven, there was a scene and she had to, you know, maybe it was when they killed the Tarleys, Sam's dad and brother. I don't uh-huh. know. But the, the, she doesn't reference what scene it was. But she says that 
the directors came over and gave her a note about being like a little bit more angry or evil or mad or oh. um, not crazy, but like like rageful so in those scenes than she makings. was acting it because she was acting it how she'd known always to act Daenerys, which was with this right. like nobility and honor in what right. she was doing. And so they, she was like, oh, and why are they giving me that cue? And so she started to kind of understand. But okay. like, if they had started doing that in season five, maybe. A little bit farther back. Just yeah. give, us, give us that little seed of yeah. she can go off the rails. And like, because like, I think the idea is if you can balance it and make us think, okay, she's good, but is she good? Like, are, are, yeah. we, are we in denial here? Like, I think that's what the writers wanted to achieve, but they just yeah. tried to do it too quickly in too many episodes. It was very fast. And they did it at the expense of a couple other characters that... It really bummed me out. So, like, um, Missandei. Yeah, why did they have to kill her? Why did they have to... Okay, kill Missandei, fine. But, like, don't, like, have her be abducted off-scene, off-screen, where no one knows what happened, and then you don't even hear her speak again until the last thing she says, which is Dracarys. Yeah. Like, it it felt like such a... um, I mean, did they just... Did they just kidnap her because she was close to... Today. Yeah, that's the I mean, idea. And that was the, that was it. We're supposed to infer all of that, you yeah. know. And it's like she had been this character that had been really important to Danny and to um and you know people. I mean, she's a side character. I understand she's not a lead character, but like right. she was important to the plot. And then all of a sudden, she's a plot device for Danny to go mad, to go crazy, which was unfortunate, especially because she's like the one black actor on the show, black right. actress on the show, black right. woman on the show. That it's like, oh you're now just going to be used as a plot device so that the... To get her pissed off and go crazy. Yeah. That's kind of sad, too. And poor... Um, Grey Worm. Yes. What did you call him just now? We were <laughs> finishing the episode, and she goes, he's on the boat, and he's going to head to Noth, which is beautiful, because that's where they were going to go together. Okay. Him and Day. But he's, like, about to go away, and she goes, oh, poor Gribbity Grob. <laughs> <laughs> It's like, how do you forget Grey Worm? It's worse. Well, it just came out like I was thinking of Grub Worm, but oh, okay. it's just Gribbity Grub. <laughs> I mean, hopefully he'll find happiness. I mean, he's pretty much in exile, too, because he's not going to be able to have kids. Yeah. Or a wife. I mean, all I of the... He un- have a wife, I suppose. All of the Unsullied are going to go off, and then they're all just going to die out. Yeah, because... that's the end of them. That's... that's I know. They can't have kids. <laughs> None of them can have kids. Sorry, Unsullied. That's a bummer. Yeah. Yeah. This should be unsmiley. Yeah. But, like, yeah, so I guess, you know, if I can look at the final episode independently from the rest of the season mm-hmm. and, like, you know, just try to imagine that there were, like, seven more episodes before that happened where you really sort of understood how they got there. Right. Each character was given the kind of treatment that they deserved. Right. Based, I mean, I th- based on how they've been treated all the other seasons. Right. I think that... Um, the amount of money and time and work that went into these six episodes was probably, you know, just as much as oh my God, one through seven. Yeah, <laughs> it's a bummer. I just think they needed another season to do it well. Yeah, just to bring it, I don't know, maybe not be so um, shocking. Shocking? Well, the show is, be- you know, that's the thing, and a lot of people are saying it on the other side of this, is that, like... It's a show about subverting your expectations. It's a show where in the last episode of the first season, they chopped off the lead characters. Yeah, so anybody It's a show where in the third season, they killed off 
half of the main characters with Caitlin Stark and Rob Stark the and Red the, Wedding. And the Red Wedding. Yeah. So it's like, it's always been sort of a shock show. Right. Where you're like, oh my God, I can't believe it took this twist. And so like, I don't think it's fair of the people watching the show who are like, it's not fair that they made this twist and made Danny go mad. Go like, crazy. Yeah. Like, I think... I think that's a reasonable twist for the show to go through. I think it I just, would be, but it was too quick. It was too compressed, and it was you know at the expense of some other characters. Yeah, and like it's and you know it's not just the female characters. Like there's I'm thinking about like Bronn, who was a fun character. He's a friend of Jamie and uh, Tyrion's. He's oh, a yes. mercenary, Bronn of the Blackwater. Yes, yes, yes. Uh, he ends up master of coin in the last episode, which is cool. Which is crazy because he's always wanted money. I know it's pretty hilarious, but. He was an important character that mattered until this season where he was sort of like, he had like a weird sex position scene where he had to like have, you know, he was sleeping with some um, sex workers and then got told to go kill Jaime and Tyrion. Yeah. Pops up randomly after the Battle of Winterfell. No one stops him and he walks into an empty pub that happens to have Jaime and Tyrion in it. And then he shows up in the last episode. So that was like, you know, what a bummer that we don't get like an awesome ending and like a you know more time with Bronn because he's right. a cool character. He was a lot of fun to to watch in the other seasons. Yeah. Um, and you know I think that about you know Varys to a certain extent, but you know yeah. definitely Yara Greyjoy who got written off the show after T- the- uh, Theon rescues her and just pops up to say like yes to Bran being yeah. the king at the end. Like <laughs> that was really frustrating. Well, she was busy uh, getting her fleet uh, back, I guess, which we I, don't get to see at all. No. Like yeah, well, I so, thought it was all burned up anyway because of what's his face, Yaron, her uncle. I don't think so. Oh, but I, it doesn't matter. We don't ever get to know because it wasn't part of the story, right? So like yeah, there's been a lot of yes, it's it's uh, a lot of characters are suffering. I just think it's you know important to note that it's a lot of the female characters in particular. You know, Yara, Brienne, Miss and Day. You know, Danny to a certain extent. Yeah, and you know, it's a bummer. I, I mean, I can't imagine that uh, Kit Harrington is too psyched with the way it ended. <laughs> well, I mean, I guess, I mean, he had to kill Danny, which yeah. I suppose makes sense in the end. Yeah. Just because, you know, he had that long talk with Tyrion. Yeah. I would keep wanting to call him Tyrone. I know, you like to call Tyrion Tyrone. <clears throat> yeah, but, um, and he made, I think Tyrion made Jon Snow see the light of, you know, it's not always just follow my queen, follow my queen, follow my queen. You know what I mean? Yeah. Follow my queen, you know what I mean? <laughs> but, I mean, yeah, I mean, the show is is saying, you know, even the people, everybody who's seeking power has to be questioned, you know, right. and you can't just assume that, and that's why Bran is such a good idea for the king, because he has, he does not care at all about power. He's just... He just wants to be able to help humanity. Right. But yeah, he's... Annoying. Yeah, I know he's annoying. So annoying. Yeah, I wish that. Yeah, I wish he was a little had I mean, a little bit more. If he had given the, he he's had a lot of meat in the previous seasons, and if mm-hmm. they could have given him a little bit more to work with this season, but they didn't have yeah. time for it. No, and there's. I mean, I'm glad at the end of the show when he asked where Drogo, Drogon, Drogon is, and everybody said, you know, I thought he was heading east. He goes, well, maybe I can help with that. I'm glad he left the room before he started to warp out. <laughs> Because I'm sick of that shit. Warg. <laughs> Warg, warp, whatever. <laughs> yeah. White eyes. I mean, that whole thing. During the battle with the Night King? <sighs> yeah. Where did he go? He just was in, <laughs> he was just looking through the raven's eyes, looking for the Night King. Is that what he was doing? You don't get to know because they don't tell you. It's like, you know, what the fuck? Yeah. And, and I mean, maybe that's where the prequel is coming. That's going to be able to show us the, the wood fairies. Yeah. Wood fairies? <laughs> the people of Forest the... Forest fairies? People of the forest? What is it? I think it's people of the forest. Um, so yeah, I'll just say that John 
uh, Kit Harrington did an interview before the season aired where someone was like, and if you could describe the last season of Game of Thrones in one word, did you see this? No. Guess what word he chose? <sighs> I don't know. Disappointing. <laughs> he said disappointing? And then she kind of went, what? And he was like, oh, epic. I don't know. <laughs> oh, boy. I mean, because like Jimmy Fallon was interviewing Sansa. Mm-hmm. Sophia, Sophie, Sophie Turner. Turner, and she said it. The he said, "What? What's the last episode going to be like?" And she said, "Painful." Mm-hmm. I mean, it was all right. It wasn't painful, and I didn't cry. No, you know, you knew Danny had to go, and you know, John made the decision to 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 do it. Yeah, but I mean, it wasn't anything that was. I mean, I didn't like it. The one part episode uh not this one but the one before what episode was this i just watched seven uh six this was episode six six so episode five the mountain and the hound the hound and the oh the battle the battle that was cool that was fucking awesome that was a very good battle and i'm glad that and i mean honestly the cinematography in a lot of the episodes i mean obviously episode three no one could see anything but like uh (laughs) you know the cinematography in this in in that episode where they're where danny's torching king's landing it was I mean, cool. It was beautiful. I mean, I watched the, following Arya through those scenes was really beautiful. Yeah, I watched the um, after yeah thing on HBO, mm-hmm. and they showed how they built the whole. They had the torn down city, and then they built the city on top of the blown up city mm-hmm. or something. Um, it was just cool the way they had, and they're showing all like the tankers of or the whatever they're called of the gas and the flames and the mm-hmm. whatever. But it was it was filmed very cool. Yeah, should we talk for a second about the prequels? Uh. Prequels? The spinoffs. Wait, there's a couple? Well, (laughs) apparently there are three spinoff projects in development. I'm reading this article right now from Vox uh, by Allegra Frank. It was posted today at 3.20 p.m. Mm -hmm. And it's HBO's Game of Thrones prequel series and spinoffs, everything we know so far. Spinoffs? Yeah. So uh, today, at least three of the five prequel projects remain in development, uh, the fifth of which would be... been produced by Game of Thrones writer Brian Cogman has been nixed. So there's three still in development. This is all according to George R. Martin. Do 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 do. What are they about? He says I cannot say. Blah blah of blah. Not. Uh, but maybe you should pick up a copy of Fire and Blood, Martin's companion novel to The Song of Ice and Fire about the history of Westeros, and come up with your own theories. So then it says the prequel t- will tell an all new story. Game of Thrones is famously based on these books. Blah 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 blah. blah. The prequel will follow an original storyline from the beginning, while drawing from Martin's Song of Ice and Fire universe to reveal the backstory of Westeros. The show won't be pulling directly from any of Martin's existing writing. The author will still shape the project, however, hmm. serving as series co-creator and showrunner. Uh, the aim is to create a new story and characters that help fill in the early details. And here's the show's description straight from HBO. Taking place thousands of years before the events of Game of Thrones. Thousands. The series chronicles the world's descent from the golden age of heroes into its darkest hour, from the horrifying secrets of Westeros' history to the true origin of the White Walkers, the mysteries of the East to the Starks of legend. Hmm. Only one thing is for sure. It's not the story we think we know. So, um... Well, that's good, because I don't know what the story is. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I mean, I I'm not sure a lot of people do. actress signed on to that already? Uh, yeah, I think they did at one time. I don't know if it was just rumors. Mm. Uh, it was Naomi Watts um, right. was who they had talked about. Well, that's right. I forgot about um, that. HBO has revealed a large roster of actors who are set to appear in the pilot. At the top of that roster is Naomi Watts, okay. who is the only cast member whose character has been even slightly defined. 
She plays a, a charismatic socialite hiding a dark secret. So far, the rest of the cast list contains big names and small, including Miranda Richardson, who played Rita Skeeter in Harry Potter. Yeah. Jamie Campbell Bauer from Fantastic Beasts. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're all from fucking Harry Potter movies. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Georgie Henley from the Chronicle of Narnies, Narnia huh. movies. And Marquis Rodriguez from I mean, when uh, they say Luke that, Cage. When they say that she plays a socialite, yeah. I mean, it kind of makes me think of, um, you know, 1920s flappers, but it can't be that. <laughs> oh, it makes me think of, like, the Lannisters, like Cersei or, or Marjorie Tyrell was a social, oh, socialite. Okay. I gotcha. And then it says, when will the prequels air? Don't get too far ahead of yourself, uh, blah, blah, blah. Well, the next five it's years. far too early to even think <laughs> about a possible release date. But given how popular Game of Thrones has become, the project seems to have a decent chance of making it beyond the pilot phase. And as some fans inevitably shift their attention to what's next for this world, thinking about potential spinoffs may be a good way to distract themselves from arguing about the series finale, if nothing else. Oh. So <laughs> spinoffs like... I don't know. It only talked about that one. It's, huh. But it says that there's three in development, but that's the one that has the most detail. Oh, huh. Well, I don't know. I mean, I don't know if Game of Thrones is the type of show that I would go back and start from the beginning again. Yeah. Now that I know the ending. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it was, I mean, those seasons where it was just so character driven mm-hmm. um, are are great. And there's so many good things about the show. And I think, you know, there's been like, there's lots of critiques about the way women have been all, have been treated on the show mm-hmm. throughout the show. But I do think that there's some really powerful women that the show has created, some really amazing like feminist icons. And you know what? I'm going to stand with Danny. I'm standing behind Daenerys, even though she's she went mad in that last episode. Mm-hmm. She was a great, powerful female figure until that point. So, up to uh, that point, yeah, when she went cuckoo for coconuts, coconuts, <laughs> cocoa puffs. <laughs> um, so yeah, uh, yeah. I think it's worth watching, even if you're, if you, even if the last season is a little bit of a struggle. It yeah, I mean, it's not something that I that I would go back and rewatch, right? Because it's a commitment. Yeah, and you and you did a good job of kind of binge watching it to get caught up over the. I think you did. You binged it before seasons. Six. Six, yes, yeah. I did. So. I was kind of locked and loaded. Yeah. But, you know, it was all right. I like dragons. I like dragons, too. I like, uh, I guess there wasn't anything magical, except for Bran, and he was dope. Well, the Night King was pretty magical. Yeah, but, you know. <laughs> you were scared of him, but then at the end, at the I end, wasn't so scared of him. He wasn't that, he wasn't that big of a deal. Well, no, you couldn't even see the fight. Yeah. The war, or whatever, episode yeah. three. Yeah. And... You know, it was all right. And he kind of stood... I, I feel bad for all of the stunt team and all the practical effects people for that episode because the cinematographer so fucked the lighting oh. in that episode because, they like, you couldn't see anything they were doing. You couldn't see anybody. Who did you just ask about? Chris Stapleton. He was an extra in the war. Oh, that's fun. Yeah. There was a lot of extras. There was a um, the guy from Always Sunny in Philadelphia was in the, I don't know, one of those episodes, too. Oh, I didn't do that. Anyway. Sorry, I keep yawning on you. That's okay. Anyway, uh, that's our Game of Thrones deep dive. and That is the deepest dive I've done. We are officially done talking about that show on TV with my mom, because it's I'm, over. I'm over it. We're moving on. Totally. Did you see any of the previews for the new shows that are going to come out on HBO in the next few weeks? No. I'm excited. <laughs> I'm moving on already. I'm excited about His Dark Materials. His Dark Material. Who's that with? It's a series of books by uh, Philip Pullman. Uh-huh. Well, let me make sure I just said that name right. Dark. I mean, I saw something before HBO start, yeah. uh, Philip Pullman. Pullman started. Uh, they're mm. The Golden Compass, The Subtle Knife, and The Amber Spyglass are those books. Oh, and um, okay. uh, they're making it into a series. And they made it a movie. The first one was a movie. The movie 
kind the Golden of, Compass? Yeah. It yeah. kind of didn't get the best reviews. Is that the one with the big polar bear? Yes. Oh, boy. <laughs> well, so the show's going to have a big polar bear, too, and it looks like a lot of fun. It's okay, got, well, um, I'll take it James then. McAvoy and uh, <clears throat> Lin-Manuel Miranda in it. Oh, I like those guys. It looks like it could be good. Oh. Well, we could give it a spin. Maybe. Something to look forward to now that Game of Thrones is over. Yeah. But you got to keep your HBO subscription for it. <laughs> oh, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. If I had one. All right. Do you have a word of wisdom, Mom? Oh, I do. One moment, please. So my other word of wisdom is always look for the sunny side. (laughs) What? (laughs) Am I trying? You know, I think my word of wisdoms lately have just been all, let's be happy. Let's try to be more friendly. Let's try to be, let's not just dwell on all the bullshit. So, well, we did just spend a whole episode complaining about Game of Thrones to a certain extent. So what's the sunny side of Game of Thrones? Um, the sunny side? I mean, I think we shared some sunny side things, but what's your what was your favorite thing about Game of Thrones before this season? My favorite thing? Mm-hmm. Uh, at the dragons. <laughs> yeah, I like the dragons, too. I did enjoy the dragons. I so. think my favorite thing was that time that Hot Pie made a... Hot di- Pie? Let me just finish the sentence. <laughs> I think my favorite thing was the time that Hot Pie made the dire wolf bread for Arya and gave it to Brienne to give to her. I do remember that. Yes. His name was Hot Pie. I don't remember Hot Pie. That was his name. <laughs> but that's sad. I mean, that's nice. Yeah. It's probably dead now because the Night Watch came through. The Night King came through. I don't through. think so. That was a debate my friends and I were having. I think Hot Pie made it. You think so? Yeah, of course. He he, they, didn't, they didn't get past Winterfell, and he was nowhere near Winterfell. That's true, I suppose. And he wasn't in the King's Landing either, so he didn't get torched. True. So maybe he's making his Hot Pie yeah, somewhere. Yeah, he's, he's out there. You know, he became a classic baker, and he's, he's doing great stuff. Yeah, but you would think that he would take the classic baking to Knott's Landing. No, no. not Knott's Landing. <laughs> What's it called? <laughs> wait, 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 wait. King's, King's Landing. Landing. King's Landing. All right. So anyway, thanks for listening, guys. <laughs> thanks for this listening. This was fun. And, uh, you know, who knows what we're going to talk about in a couple weeks. But I'm going to work on my weird wisdoms because, you know, I think I have my finger on the pulse of the nation. Well, you know, if you would just take a couple minutes to try and write a few down during the week when you think of them instead of trying I to come did, up I with wrote... them on the fly <laughs> 10 seconds before I ask you. <laughs> anyway, we'll talk to you guys in a couple weeks. Who knows what it's going to be about? It's not going to be about Game of Thrones. It will not be about Game of Thrones, but it'll be about something that we have been watching. All right. Because we do watch TV. We certainly do. All right. We'll talk to you guys soon. See ya. Once again, for listening to a podcast that's called TV with My Mom. Yeah, you can follow us on Instagram at TV with My Mom and on Twitter at TV with Mom. And you can drop us a note at TV with My Mom at gmail.com. Or you can rate, review, and subscribe <laughs> to us wherever you get your podcasts. We'd love to hear from you. We do, all the time. And who is our shout out of the week? Our shout out of the week is to a viewer named Monica who actually binge watched Game of Thrones in a matter of weeks. She binge watched seven seasons so that she could watch this last season as it aired. And I hope that she was able to watch the the finale. I bet she fell asleep. (laughs) (laughs) But anyway, thanks to Monica. Shout out of the week. And who else do we want to thank, Mom? We want to thank John Dodson and his lovely wife. Sure. And daughters. We just thank the whole family now, even though it was just John that made the music. Yeah, we just thank the whole family. And we also would like to thank Diane Sullivan Thorson for doing our graphic. Thank you, Diane. We'll talk to you guys in a couple weeks. Have a good week.